Hi, I'm Andrea. And I'm Destiny. I'm Andrea. Wait, I'm Destiny. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode, y'all. Today we're celebrating Mother's, Mother's Day, Day with our beautiful <laughs> <laughs> So a lot of topics that we want to talk about today include that include motherhood, um, identity, and what it's like being a mom, which is going to be a crazy, amazing topic. So stay tuned and keep watching us. Alrighty, so the first thing I want to bring up is simply just kind of like giving a background of like where you both come from, um, maybe where you were born, and just like like some stuff about yourself. Who wants, Who wants to go, to go first? first? <laughs> you want to go first? <clears throat> My name is Alejandra <laughs> Gonzalez Ruiz. Um, well, I come from a Mexican family. My both parents were from Jalpa, Zacatecas, Mexico. And I was the first born here in the United States, the youngest of 13. And I grew up with a big family, but I'm still, you know, Mexican-American, I would say. Hi, my name is Marisol, and I was born in Oceanside, California. Um, I come from a parents, uh, my father is from Ciudad Juarez, Mexico. Um, and he came when he was young, and my mother is from Iwakuni, Japan. And so I grew up between Oceanside and the city of Vista. Awesome. Okay. So much diversity in this room, <laughs> which we love, and we can say that we are the way we are because of our beautiful, amazing mothers. What is something that you guys are not just like proud of us, but like live through us in a way? Things that you guys couldn't do or accomplish in your younger, younger times. <laughs> in the olden days. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, this right here is a perfect example. That you girls have this podcast and you're mm -hmm. being yourselves and reaching out to others and teaching women how to be strong and empowering them. Um, it means so much that you girls are doing that. And um, that's one thing is seeing that. And, and as, of course, both of you are going on and we went to college, studying, traveling. That mm -hmm. is my passion. Yes. I traveled a lot and made sure that I traveled before I got married because I knew that when I became a mother, I wanted to dedicate myself to being a mom. But before then, I traveled a lot, and so it makes me really happy that even though I had to stop traveling during all those years, many years, 21 years almost, right, <laughs> um, that I see that she's been doing it, and I know you are too. So that's really part that's fun. What do you think, Mom? <laughs> well, I, well, I have a lot of similarities too, but per, first of all, just, just going to college because I never went to college myself. And it was like I didn't go because I want to be a stay-at-home mom, which I agreed to that to my husband, and I don't regret it and i am really happy that you're fulfilling all your goals and your podcast like other things you have done in media like you've done so many things that i know i'm not it's too much so i'm very proud of you for doing all those things and just not talking about it just actually doing in actions that's mm -hmm. what's making me like feeling it oh my god it was worth every second me being your same mom Okay, so you both grew up in Mexican households in, in a way or, mm -hmm. one way or another. So what was some things that you experienced and like cultural experiences that you could say for people maybe who didn't grow up in those households and to also see like what similarities you both had and differences that you mm -hmm. had? Okay. Um, so my mother raised me as a single mom um, for some time. And so I grew up in a Japanese household. Um, so that was really exciting growing up with a uh, different language because my grandmother grew up with us too so they spoke Japanese all the time um, and having the culture of removing your shoes and eating Japanese foods um, the, the dialogue in the home was like the language was calmer and quiet um, 
and just the traditions that we would have that we celebrated. Um, but I also do have the Latina culture in me because even though my father didn't live with me, um, all of my family members and extended members lived in Oceanside. And so because my mother didn't grow up with her father either, it was very important for her that I had that exposure to my dad's side of the family. So she made that effort to take me to them for all the events and activities and to be with my grandma because I'm the firstborn grandchild and my dad's the firstborn child of all his sisters. Oh. So, <clears throat> so that I could keep that culture in me. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I don't speak fluent Japanese. I don't read it, I don't write it, but I do understand a lot because I heard it growing up and I do have the desire to study it and learn it. Now that my kids are getting older, I can take some time to do that. But I do speak Spanish. I can read it and write it because I studied it in That's college and awesome. high school. Yeah. And so I think that it's amazing that my mom did that for me because it shows now that I have that part of my culture still part of me. Okay, well, for me, it was like more because I was the baby. I was literally like, okay, I would, sometimes I feel like I didn't have, I had to speak louder because there were so many, always trying to get attention. And um, I never had like best friends or nothing because I had a lot of sisters growing up mm -hmm. with me. Like we were a couple years apart and my sister was like my best friend. She was only three years older than me. So I felt like uh, just growing up like that, you just try to feel, just to try to get your word out there. But it's kind of hard when it's a lot of siblings. Like I never had my own like bedroom by myself because mm -hmm. we all had to share. And uh, you only had a three bedroom of a house. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I guess you get used to it and you just try to, try to make your voice be loud, be heard mm -hmm. to be honest, but it's hard. It's hard in uh, Mexican culture, very hard. <laughs> And I feel like that you guys both had a lot of children. I mean, you know, you had four, mm -hmm. my mom had five. I feel like chaos is something we kind of always grew up with. Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> like, it's normal. Like, yeah. when I remember I got my first office job, like, I would be almost falling asleep because my mind doesn't, it doesn't, it, my, my mind thinks silence <laughs> is sleep time. It doesn't yes. think anything else. Like, there has to be always chaos. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's kind of a beautiful thing, obviously, having a huge family and having so many minds and people talking all the time. But I feel like now we appreciate silence and we appreciate our own personal mm -hmm. times mm -hmm. um, away from all that, but as well as like experiencing, you know, having beautiful siblings and beautiful families. Mm, you're right. That, that word silence is, now that I think of it, it's true. When you're being raised in a household with a lot of siblings, it is loud and crazy. <laughs> There's a lot of good things to it, but it is nice to have that quiet every now and then. And so being part of, like, of a Japanese family, there was a lot more quiet. But like when I was with my Latino family, cousins and everybody, music. you know, the music. And <laughs> yes. it doesn't matter how many we are. You can, everybody can just grab a corner and sleep over there. Yeah, we can eat frijoles and arroz every day if that's yes. what we had to because, you know, they are... Parents didn't come from a lot of money yeah. and grandparents, so we appreciate what we get. And the same thing in the Japanese family, too. But um, but it's fun. It's always a party. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. <laughs> yeah, I was going to touch base. So this season is a lot about the self, and I feel like silence is something that me and Destiny have talked about, like self-love, mm -hmm. you know, how to set times for yourself, boundaries and standards and stuff that we want to do, you know, to be better every day. And one thing we wanted to talk about in terms of that is kind of like what it means to be a mother because being a mom I feel like obviously like you guys have that title forever you know mm -hmm. since we're born we're your, fir we're your first born so whenever we're born you have been given that title of mom how does it feel I was a very young mom so but she, you made it really easy and it made me feel like I just want to be better for you like a better role model to you because I never like party or went out that much or 
you know, had the experience that any 19 year old would have, you know, going to college and doing all those things, but it makes me feel happy, like to be a good young mom. And now that we have such a good connection right now, it makes it worth it. Mm, I like that. Ooh, okay. So when I was little, all I ever wanted to be was a mom. <laughs> I just knew that when I grew up, I wanted to have children. Um, and I said I wanted to have four, two boys and two girls. And <laughs> I had two boys and two girls. I don't know how I was blessed Perfect. with that, but I'm grateful. And um, now I'm in my 40s and, you know, having raised all four children, I'm just so grateful for that opportunity. Um, I went to college and I was able to graduate and I knew that I needed to finish. So my goal was finish before you get married because when you're married, that's your focus. Mm -hmm. And, and women can, can go through a lot of hard times where people judge you, you know, oh, you're, why aren't you working, yes. you know, when you're a mom. Um, and I, I will always advocate for women that are home with their kids too. I mean, if you can do both, that's wonderful, but I just don't think that there's anything wrong with a woman that stays home with her ch children. Um, we have so much to offer and, and to pour into you guys. And so, yes, Destiny is my first child and I was just so excited and um, just wanted to spend so much time with her and it was just so much fun. I honestly, honestly can say, I mean, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can say that I don't have any regrets. And that's what I always wanted to make sure that whatever people said on the outside, that was like, thank you for your opinions, but this is what I wanna do with my daughter right now is spend time with her. I wanna be there for the first. And for some people, they don't have those opportunities. It's hard. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean they don't want to, they can't. Mm -hmm. But as a mom during this time, it's like we do have a lot of sacrifices, right? Mm -hmm. There's sacrifices of like, we're not getting our nails done and our yeah. hair done back <laughs> in those days. We look crazy. Um, taking you know taking little vacations i mean your house is always a mess you probably your car is crazy like just everything seems like it's not in order but what matters is that you have that child with you right there and you're protecting them and you're loving them and you're educating them and singing with them and so um i'm just so grateful for that that's yeah that's so good yeah i think i think people um some people like see like mama is just a title, but others is like, no, it's like a role. It's like a job. Like I know you always mm -hmm. feel like motherhood is a job and people can't just like downplay it and be like, no, you can do other stuff too. It's true. Uh, especially with the society today, um, right? Like even with the feminist movement too, like you can choose, do you want to work do you, and be a mom or do you want to be a stay-at-home mom or mm -hmm. do you want to just work? Like you have options so you don't have to just be categorized mm -hmm. into one of those boxes. So I kind of love that. Like they have choices. Mm -hmm. And one thing I feel like we've been learning a lot lately is like, women tend to feel like the need to do everything um and men don't really have that, those stereotypes like as a woman like the, the feminist movement was like yeah we want to work too but it kind of just seems like you guys got to do it all then you guys have to be regardless moms. you have to do you have to work you want to do all these things so it's kind of like put on us that we have to do all these things but what makes it so beautiful is that you guys chose to be mothers mm. and you guys have done it so gracefully and it's admir um, admirable, even though, you know, sometimes, like, the feminist movement has a stereotype, like, oh, we hate kids, we never want to have kids, we never mm -hmm. want to be moms. Or, like, not letting women, if they did want to stay at home, like, you can still do that. You know, it was like, no, we mm -hmm. all have to, like, work because mm -hmm. we can. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Have a choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I feel like now we're just kind of changing the narrative that we, when, you have a choice, regardless. Mm -hmm. You have a choice. And it's just great to see two amazing moms that have raised like you know to my cat to two amazing women <laughs> but it is like you guys are a reflection of you know we're a reflection of you guys and 
everything you guys have taught us and empowered us to be because we can't be empowering other women and helping other people if we were never even raised to have confidence to Mm -hmm. love ourselves to be humble to care about everybody else and still follow our dreams and goals Mm -hmm. as women that's very true because we have to see an example of that Mm -hmm. like i always tell people they're like oh how are you like such a go-getter how Mm -hmm. do you do all these things Mm -hmm. i'm like my mom always hustles. <laughs> so I saw how to do it, you know. Yeah. Or like I know when I was younger, I'd be like, "Oh, like why do I have to figure out how to get to my friend's house, or why do I have to figure out how to pay for this?" And then now I'm like, now I'm so good at networking. I know mm-hmm. how to get things done. I know how to communicate with people better. I know how to get from point A to point B. Like college, like for two years, I have a car, so I had to like actually ask people. I wouldn't know how to do that if I didn't have to do that growing up. And just mm-hmm. getting those like people skills and those social skills. Um, also probably like washing laundry like as a kid you know like I graduated high school and some of my friends didn't know how to do that and then yeah. I went to college and they're like I'm YouTubing how to wash clothes and we're like eight years old like <laughs> so I think like also for that like we may have not understood then but I think now like as adults we're like wow like we're so grateful that we have mm-hmm. those skill sets um, because that's helped us get so much further and be able to also help people around us yeah of course and not just the physical things like how to learn how to do something but like characterize like my mom has always made me feel like you need to be humble like you are no better than anybody mm-hmm. else it doesn't matter if you have a coach bag or a ross one it still holds the same amount of money exactly. for the okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, she yeah, got that for me yeah. <laughs> so yeah like i think for the main thing my mom has taught me a lot about you know who to be as a person how to carry yourself as a woman how to be humble and respectable and treat yourself with the most respect and be confident because mm-hmm. You know, she is a Leo rising, so she always has to have her nails and eyelashes done. But I'm not that way. So yes, we have she didn't get that. <laughs> She's saving money. <laughs> I'm on a budget. Yes. Um, so just like certain things that I've learned from my mom that has made me not just a woman, but my characteristics are my core values, who I am as a human being. You know, and obviously, you know, moms and dads, and we appreciate both, but we're just focusing on mothers today. <laughs> yeah. One thing Andrea and I was talking about earlier today was like, mothers, like, you can actually create a whole human being. And I think we like desensitize mm-hmm. ourselves that that's like possible, like, that actually happens. But also, that the womb doesn't just let you like create humans, you also create ideas. Um, you create everything, like, mm-hmm. from your you birth, everything mm-hmm. um, through there. And so, I think, um, I guess, one of my like questions too, in terms of like, creativity and like spirituality what were some of the experiences you had like with us like just with your children about um, maybe like feeling more connected to your kids so you knew if something was wrong like you felt so I wanted to touch more about like spirituality um I guess like mother's intuition like when did you feel like okay I actually activated my mother's intuition was it when you were pregnant was it when um maybe your child was away and you were like oh I feel like something's wrong I need to reach out to them like when did you start getting more spiritually connected um, when you had children or when you're in the process of having a child well i would say when i was pregnant of you like because i was young i was like i'm like am i gonna do a good job because i kind of like doubted myself i'm like wow maybe i should have just waited like it wasn't planned for sure but i was like i'll just try my best because my mom was a great mom and i just had her just she just didn't have a lot of patience obviously because she was i was the youngest but I, I was like, she could have so many kids and she's still chill sometimes. I could do it. Like, mm-hmm. even though if I'm a young mom, I feel like once you were born, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I have to take care of her like forever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I felt like, hey, it's such a like big impact until you just have her. And we're like, I, I remember in all my births, I never cried in none of my children. 
because I, and it's crazy because I'm a very sentimental person. But in that moment, I'm I'm so empowered that I feel like oh, like I'm invincible in that moment that I never cry. Even my husband has cried, but not me. So I feel like, but why am I talking about it? But then I want to cry about it, you know? Like once you went through it. But I just noticed, like, if it was like a special bond with you, and I knew you were a girl. That's for a fact. Like I was, I didn't have no doubts. I told my husband because we never wanted to know the sex of her, of the baby. Mm-hmm. And I told her, like, I told my husband, we're not gonna find out, but then no gender reveals nothing. It wasn't a trend like now. But with her, I was like, it's going to be a girl. I feel it. I I sense it. I smell it. Whatever it is. But I knew it was going to be a girl. And regardless of the boy or girl, we're going to call her Andrea or Andres. So my husband wanted a boy, like always. But And I was like, it's going to be a girl. Like, I know. And that's how I felt. Like, I had that connection since you were already inside of me. So even like before you came out, like, yeah. Yes. I said, "Mom, I'm feminist." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was her energy that yeah. her energy was really passing all over my pores, or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> At a young age, that I felt everything that I knew for a fact, it was a girl. That's crazy. Yeah, I never knew until she was born. We kind of have a similar experience. Um, let's see. I also did not want to know the gender of the baby. I wanted to be surprised. Um, her dad wanted to know. He's like, there's no way I can wait. He's like, there's no way I can wait. And I'm like, well, that's kind of too bad because growing in my stomach. So you're going to have to wait. <laughs> you don't have a choice right now. Sorry. Um, but he ended up having a dream about Destiny um, when I was, I, I'd say about in three and a half months, right? Because we didn't know we were having it. We hadn't had an ultrasound or anything. And in, in the dream, he woke up in the middle of the night and he screamed the name Destiny. Um, of course, the way he screamed it, and you know, he was, I was, you're, you're a woman, and you're, you're in bed, and he's screaming a girl's name, and you're like, what? You know? Like, what? So, so for like a second, I was like, destiny. But then he's like, you can't believe it. I had this dream about our baby, and you know, um, you know, had a little girl, and then we had a little boy, and she was like, she was like being mean to him, like scolding him, you know, and and I called her by name, and I came out, and I said, destiny, be nice to your little brother. And which that's, Dakota. which is Dakota. Dakota. So here he knew yeah. Dakota was going to be, oh right. my gosh, right after. Like, yes, oh right after. God. So since that dream, even when we have the second one, um, he's like, doesn't matter that you don't want to know because I already know it's going to be a boy. Wow. <laughs> From his dream, he was really cool. strong about that. And of course, I was like, oh, that's really neat, but we don't know if that's really true, <laughs> yeah. you know? But at the same time, I mean, I still didn't want to know. But when we went in for the ultrasound, I just, you know, you love your husband and you just feel so connected. He was so passionate about this dream. It meant so much to him that I was like, okay, but on the next one, we're not finding out, you know? And so (laughs) we went in, you know, that's when um, the doctor said, okay, you know, they told us that we were having a girl. And he was just like, I knew it, you know, jumping up and down. (laughs) I I knew it, I knew it. And in that moment, it, it did feel good to me because she had a name. Yes. And then, so that was the moment of connection. Yeah. Well, that was the moment of connection yes. to where I could now be talking to her and calling her by name Aww. from three three months, yeah. you know. Yeah. So when I'd read to her and I'd sing to her, you know, while she was still in my stomach, I was always calling her by her name. That's awesome. So that was really neat of a connection. Um, and I have to share this story. Is that okay? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Well... Because we're talking about when I felt like the connection, right? A spiritual connection. And I mean, that was the very first time. And then the second time was at, um, let's see. So during that time when I found out that you were a girl, um, 
I probably went in a couple weeks later, right? And then they were doing a check. So, so during that ultrasound, um, the doctor was saying, you know, that he needed to say something to me. And, and I was, and it was during that same time that I'm like, is that the baby? Is that the baby that's, she's so big. And then he's like, so you get this good news, like, oh, it's a girl. And I'm like, awesome. And he has this moment. And then he's like, no, that's not the baby. That's, um, this is the baby. And I'm like, oh, she's this tiny, right? And then he goes, that is a tumor. And so when I found out that she was a girl, I also found out that I had an ovarian tumor. Oh, and it was wow. very large. It was already four centimeters, which is pretty big for at three months. Wow. I mean, and then I was like, oh, okay, what does that mean? And so he's like, that means that we need to take it out. So he's like, um, and I'm like, okay, so when, like nine, eight months, nine months? Yeah, he's like, like no, mean, yeah, no. He's like, that needs to come out as soon as possible. Wow. Um, so you imagine that moment was just, it was happy for a second. But it was more like an, an, the unknown, scary. Yeah. Um, what do you mean? And he's like, well, during that time, he's like, we we can't do testing or anything. We have to take the tumor out, the you know, take it out and do a test and run it that way because you're pregnant. So we can't do that. And I'm like, yeah, but the baby wouldn't make it. Like that's. And he's like, you can have more babies. That's what he said to me. Oh my god. So it was it was um, not even a choice. He's just like, you'll have more babies, you're young. And I was like, you don't know that, right? Do you know yeah, that I can have exactly. more children? Yeah. Um, and so this experience was, whew, um, you imagine, you know, you're, new, you're young, it's your first pregnancy, mm -hmm. um, you're in the moment of finding out you're having a girl, and then the doctor tells you the, baby, the, the cyst has to come out, the tumor. Mm -hmm. And so um, he wanted to immediately go through the paperwork and sign off right there, like, we need to take this out so we can check, because my, my, his first priority is me, his patient, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I need to make sure you're okay. And I have a history. My grandma had died of ovarian cancer. Oh. So he's like, they know your history and everything. Like, we don't mess around with that. But, of course, um, I told him, you know, because we come from a, a faith of, of spirituality, and, and I said, okay, well, I'm not signing anything. I need to go home, and I need to pray and think about this. And he looked at me like I was crazy. He's like, <laughs> like, like I'm the doctor. I'm, trying, I'm yeah. telling you you need to do this. And I'm like, well, it doesn't need to happen tomorrow, right? It can happen soon. I just need to go home and ponder and think about this. And I went home for a long time. And I, you know, went to God, and I said, you put this baby in me, right? You gave me the spirit. You gave me this child. If it's not meant to be, I'm okay with that. Um, if it's meant to be, I need to know that, and I want to go through with this, and I don't want to have the surgery yet. And um, please let me know when is a good time, because I know right now she won't make it at three months. And I went back to the doctor once I, one day I got, I had prayed, and um, I was at seven and a half months. So mind you, this is at four months. I come back to the doctor at seven and a half months pregnant, because the night before I contacted him, I heard a voice in my being say, it's time. And I had kind of forgotten, right, about the prayer because everything kind of went on. And at that point, I was just going to wait, wait it out. But the voice said, it's time. And I was like, it's time. It's time for what? And then I was like, oh, oh, he's telling me that I need to have a surgery. Like, I just could sense it. And that's when I told the doctor, okay, I'm ready for the surgery. And he literally was like, you're only like five weeks away from delivering, you know, so why don't you? And I'm like, no, and he's the baby. It's time now. Like, God's telling me it's time now. And so he was like, okay. And so we planned for her to be born 
at that seven and a half months. So, you know, everybody was there. We packed the baby bag and everything was ready. And I was going to have the C-section um, and have her born. And during the whole surgery, I said, I don't want you to put me to sleep. I want the spinal, but I don't want to be groggy because I want to be, I want to see her face. I want to nurse mm -hmm. her. I want to do all of that. I don't want you to take that away from me. And he said, okay. And um, during the surgery, um, he was a very kind doctor. During the surgery, he's doing everything. He's talking me through the whole thing. And he's like, okay. He's like, he's like, you're not going to believe this, but I've already removed because the baby's was behind the tumor. So he had to like, you kind know, move yeah. Like so he's like, usually any kind of movement, the baby, you go into a contra uh, contraction, you start having labor. And he's like, I've already removed the tumor. And he was holding it like this when he brought it to me because by seven and a half months, it had grown to over 12 oh centimeters. And he so said, big. she's still sleeping. Like she hasn't moved. Your body's not having any contractions. You're not in labor. And then I'm like, so what does that mean? And he's like, well, we can deliver the baby as we planned, or we can sew you back up and you'll, and you'll have to heal six weeks for like for the C-section. And then you have to do it again when she's born. And I'm like, let's just do it. Like, let's wait the six weeks. And he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. All I know, knew from reading books about motherhood yeah. is that the babies developed their lungs in the last the seven, last eight months, month, yeah. the last month. Did I know that they were going to have asthma even before I made that decision? No. I didn't even learn later till she was born that on their dad's side that they have asthma. Because I didn't grow up with asthma in my family. No one. I was not familiar. So I can only imagine if I had pulled her out that much earlier what kind of issues she may have had. But he knew what was happening. And so, um, so that right there was a huge connection to her. Once... Um, I, I waited and during that time and then afterwards because I felt so strongly she was fighting for her life. Like she was like, don't yeah. let, it's amazing. don't make that choice, mom. Like I'm yeah. here, I can do this. We're going to do this. Even though the doctor said, you know, and, and, and I share that story with people. I say, it doesn't mean that doctors don't know what they're doing. It just means that you know your body well. Yeah. And if you have your faith and your intuition and, and any of those things, mm -hmm. always follow that you know, too, right? Because my husband at the time and my mother were like, you're crazy. Like you're risking your life. What if you have cancer and it spreads all through your body and you die mm -hmm. and your baby can die. He told me your baby can die too, because it could spread right now. Yes. And, they were in, and, and I'm like, well, then we're going to take that chance together. So I felt that connection with her, you know, that, um, that if we're going to go, we're going to go down together. And so, um, yeah, that was my experience with feeling that con a, a spiritual connection with her. Wow. Yeah. We've been empowering since the womb. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's crazy because, like, when I was 13, I had um, basically got this, like, reading from someone in the church that also can, like, see revelations see what happens in your life. And he didn't know me, and he's in our family, but he had said, like, during the revelation, um, you fought really hard to come into this world. And I was like, wow. Well, you know, I was like, how did you know? You know what I mean? But he's like, everything I get, I'm telling you, it's from God. So it's just like stuff like that where you're like, wow, like I have been fighting. And then you think about like little moments in your life from where people are like, wow, I need to hear that. And I'm like, I didn't know I just did well. You know what I mean? It's just those little moments. But um, also, I think too, like people underplay women. Like we, we talk about, they always say, women are so emotional. Like, okay, and then I'm like, okay, but what does emotion mean? Like, I was saying, you guys don't think with logic, you think with emotions. But then I, I was, I tried to break it down, I did some research, and I'm like, okay, well, emotions means energy in motion. And if mm -hmm. we are mo more emotional, that means we're more energetical. We have more energy going through our veins, we're closer to the Creator, closer to God. 
Because God's the creator, we're creatives, right? We also are creatives too, because he birthed us. So if we have more energy, we're able to like sense things, I think, stronger. We're able to feel things stronger. So, yeah, we have like this intuition. Yeah, we definitely have those. for my mother because she taught me that like you're right it's it's so easy to just have said okay all right let me sign but because she taught me and raised me from such a young age to ponder and pray and to um, ask to always ask God if this is like you make the decision it's your life make your decision but ask him if that's like the right decision and he will tell you like I believed in that and I lived that my whole life in prayer and so when she was upset with me and I was like wait a minute nothing's going to happen for me from today to tomorrow and and god has always said to ask him and to pray about everything that you decision that you make in your life and i'm like and and i said so you trust that part at least you know and then she's like oh you're right <laughs> so yeah Thanks. i think my last question to talk wrap this up is what advice would you give to young women um maybe if they don't have a great relationship with their mothers or never had a mother figure what advice um, would you give to them? Um, well, I would just say, to, well, I mean, I had a good relationship with my mom. Like, I could just experience both my, what I went through. And, I mean, we were connected in a certain way, but it was more like a taboo. They wouldn't really tell you what to do. You, they kind of let you go do whatever you want in a way, just give you an advice or whatever. But then after that, it was more like your choice. I mean, you're, you're your own person, and you just need to get to the right thing. And try to do the best for yourself regardless and be smart about it and think about it and would you like that to happen to you i mean no that's when you make good decisions in life to just like if you don't have a good relation with your mom try to just be friends at the beginning try to talk to her try to connect in certain things that she likes and like just give her more comfort and just be yourself you know if you're yourself you could just uh, bring more peace at yourself i like that well, um, if you have a mother, then definitely, like you said, connect with her, um, talk to her, listen to your mother. <laughs> I know we're not uh, always perfect at delivering the message sometimes because we um, want so much to just help make you understand and see what we can see because we've been there. Um, either we've made the mistakes before or we were close to or, you know, but... Um, we do really love you and care care about our girls and sons, you know, our daughters. Um, but like you said too, it's just yes, they have to live their life, and we understand that. And um, and if you don't have a mom, like look for a, a mother figure. You know, you can find them anywhere. I mean, you can find them in church. You can find them in the community, neighbors, aunties. I've had a lot of my aunts are like second moms or grandma. Um, you know, just find find a mother figure because there's just something so special in that nurturing that we're just gifted with as women. 
um, to be able to understand and have the compassion, um, forgiveness, you know, those yes. kind of things, patience. Um, we can go on and on, but. That's gonna be probably the longest part. Well, I don't have much in high school. I mean, I was just very friendly, very friendly. I had like a lot of friends. Never been in a fight ever in my life. Ever like yeah, very peaceful. Like. Well, what would say like violence or nothing? I grew up in a, you know, in Linwood in LA area, so I mean I had a lot of different race friends and it was fun and like I was just always very cool with everybody. Like I didn't want to get problems, so I was cool. So it was fun. I mean I was just not the popular girl. I did win friendliest for the yearbook. So if you want to find me, you know, Linwood High School, that's two thousand. That was a long time ago, but um. Other than that, it was a good experience. Never tried drugs, never tried nothing bad for me. My mom will literally let us, like, I mean, and it's not a good thing, but she will even let us drink alcohol, like, but in a way that she will be there. And she's like, well, I'd rather you be honest with me than hang around with the bad friends, and they're going to give you worse things, like drugs and other stuff, or smoke, or, you know, do other things that you shouldn't do. I mean, probably it's not a good example, but, I mean, it worked for me. I was very mature at my age, and... Even my friends thought like, oh my God, your mom is kind of weird. No, that's being too cool, you know? But I'm like, probably, but I mean, probably because I'm so mature, I know better. I know what's best for me. I know what's bad. And, and whoever offers you drugs is not a friend, regardless. Whoever it is, family, friends, it's not a good friend for you. So I believe you could be, live a wonderful life being drug free. So I just, <laughs> I had a good experience. Uh, red ribbon, red ribbon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, no one called me the red. Ribbon. <laughs> yeah. And no one called me Mother Teresa. It's funny. Because <laughs> my friends are kind of crazy. Some of them, they're like, "Come on, let's just do something fun." And I'm like, "No, like, can you? You guys are gonna have consequences and just relax, you know?" She's like, "Oh my God, you're so boring." I'm like, I'm like I, "I guess I was boring." All these brain cells. Yeah. So yeah, all my brains are. I mean, my <laughs> yeah, they work fine, but other than that, coffee is my addiction. <laughs> no, not in high school. No. <laughs> well, I need coffee because yeah, probably that's the only thing that has affected it. She's a Virgo. Yeah. I'm like, Chuck. Leo, Leo Rising. I don't know her moon sign, but yeah. 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 she was yeah. also a straight student. And yeah. she was uh, I interning straight. at the hospital, so she was doing lots of things. Yeah, I actually did a lot of. Uh, it was the ROP programs. Probably you guys don't even know what it means now, but <laughs> it's a, it was a lot of prog programs that I just took to have fun. I had early dismissal because I had so many credits, and I was very good in school. Like I just knew like. My mom will never wake me up. She will be like, "It's your time. You're gonna, you're gonna be the one that's gonna suffer. You're gonna graduate. I mean, you're making your own bad decisions, but that kind of pushed me to be better. Like, it's it's weird because it's kind of like opposite. Yeah, but she won't be like, "Oh, yeah, stay home." No, she's like, "Well, you should go to school." Or I would never miss school though. But she will like, "Well, you're you you should know that you're grown up now and just make good decisions." And that kind of made me feel like, "Oh." She gives me that trust that I just have to follow that. Mm -hmm. And I always give that to Andrea. Like, mm -hmm. I know what I, yeah. I always treat her like, you, you know, probably because I'm young, 
I want her. My mom was always older, so I was like, I hope I have that connection with her. And I feel we do have it, like, really good. Mm. She's like my BFF. Oh, <laughs> I mean, we don't say everything, but but I feel like I would I would talk I talk to her more like than I would talk to my mom like deeper conversations, mm-hmm. you know. In high school, like things I was involved in or things of that nature. Okay, so I've always been very active um, in clubs, and so I was like um, in the Spanish club, um, avid. I love to be part of groups and social gatherings. Um, but going into high school was really hard for me because I spent three years in middle school being beat up by the girl gangs in Vista and Oceanside. So it was really traumatizing. So going into high school, I had a lot of trauma. Um, and I was a very social girl and all these things, but because I didn't want to join the gangs, they were always following me and chasing me, saying, you think you're, yeah, you think you're too good to be with us, and now you're a white girl because you're too white, you're not Mexican. Well. I was Japanese too, and I was raised with a Japanese mom, and I wore little bows and ruffles, and I didn't wear, you know, my hair up to here, and so it was hard for them to understand that. And so going into high school was um, was hard at first because I knew that those girls were going to be there. Um, so then we had a, you know, switch over. My mom got me an interdistrict transfer to go to uh, Rancho Buena Vista, which I think you guys know oh. that school. Um, it was a newer school, and it wasn't Vista High School, so that. Um, yeah so that I could uh, have a little fresh start and hopefully be away from that. And so once I got in there, um, I, f- I felt safer, and then I could come back out of my, you know, my, be myself and start um, doing things because I had to be homeschooled. There were just so many things. I was pulled out of school for a lot of reasons, you know. So, But once I got into school, um, I started to go back to dancing. That's been my life. I've been dancing since I was in elementary school. And um, we did not have a, uh, a like a dance team. They just had cheerleading or pageantry, the flag girls. And so I ended up joining the Black Student Union dance team because they were the only ones that had a dance team. And I didn't think I'd make it, but my friend said, try out. And I was like, well, something a little bit different. I'm not black. And they're like, it's okay, it's okay. They're a club, you can try out. And it was like number 100 and something, I don't know. And I made it. And so that was something really great to develop my confidence again. Um, get out there and, and do my dancing. I also did like jazz and ballet and hip hop and you know modern for PE dance. Um, and I started, you know, and I worked, and so I, I was able to bring back all those qualities that my mother had taught me since I was very young of, of work ethics. I worked at a dental office when I was in high school. Um, my seminary teacher from church, he, he where we went to Bible studies in the morning. He's like, come if you're looking for your first job, you can come work for me at the office, especially because I was the only one who spoke Spanish. Even oh, none of his yeah. staff spoke Spanish. And he didn't even know I spoke Spanish. And I'm like, see, hablo poquito, you know? And I was learning in high school. That's, that was my first journey of taking Spanish was in, in high school. Um, so, and being the oldest child in my family, and there were uh, three boys, so of all of us, it was a lot of responsibility. My mother was a single mom, so she worked two jobs. Um, and I still had to go to school, go to work, come home, and I had to have dinner ready and help with the homework and get them ready for bed because they were all seven to eight years younger than me. They were in elementary school. So there's a lot of hustle. That's why, I mean, my mom always said, you know, I just want your life to be easier than my life was. And her life was definitely different coming from Japan, growing up in poverty in the countryside, not having a father, not coming here as an immigrant, not knowing the language. Um, just it was just really tough and so for me I thought I had it tough but really it was a different kind of tough than what she had you know so I'm just grateful for 
her teaching me those responsibilities. And like Destiny says, you don't realize that when you're young, you're just complaining all the time, like, why do I have to do this? And why do I have to make dinner for them? And, you know, why do I have to wash their clothes? And why do I have to pick them up from school? You know, it was really like, I just couldn't wait to get out of the house, right? You know, when I was in high school, I just want to go away to college and move out. But then it wasn't until I got to college that I realized all those character traits that my mother had instilled in me, um, we're finally coming to what is it called fruition. Yeah, because then I realized, oh, I do know how to work. I do know how to make my own money. I do know how to do laundry and cook and clean and you know take care of children. You know, even children. Like I wasn't a mom yet, but you know how to how to care um, and and have that responsibility. And she told me, look. Um, Kind of like your dad said earlier to me, he's like, I just want my daughter to be independent. And that's what my mother told me too. She's like, this world is really hard and you really need to know how to make your money and how to do those things on your own. Um, whatever you have to do legally to make money, <laughs> I have to say that word because, you know, we can fall into that easily because fast money is really easy. But, but she didn't show me that. I watched my, she remarried finally in high school. But I watched my stepdad work hard, you know, two jobs, and I watched my mom work hard. Um, and they did everything and anything they can do. That's why you see what I do, you know, hustling those, those character traits of figure out what your talents are, right? Do you cook? Do you sew? Do you clean? Can you do hair? Can you do this? Because when hard times come, you're going to need to fall back on those traits. Yeah, that's why they practically did to us. Like, we were raised to be good wives. Mm -hmm. And that's like probably make your dad like easier because I accepted that and like it made him like okay she's gonna take full control of the house too but then sometimes you do feel like you okay I haven't done nothing I haven't gone to school or like I haven't prepared myself like my kid oh you're gonna grow like look at you you're an adult now and it's like if I even try to go get a job I don't have a lot of experience at all you know so it makes you think like oh okay I did something good as raising her but then like Later on, they're all going to grow up and I'm not going to have a career, you know. Yeah, what's next? Like, you kind of feel stuck. And I kind of, I do feel stuck right now because my kid is going to start kinder, my baby. And I feel like, okay, I'm going to take him to school. What should I do now? Like, should I get a part-time job or do something like to, you know, like something that I like? Like, I'm kind of finding myself, okay, who am I now? Like, okay, I I'm, I'm became a mom for so long and different gaps of ages that makes me feel like, okay, what's next? Like. I need to look for more healthier hobbies, like yeah. I, I'm trying to, and to just fulfill that dream that kind of go, kind of go backtrack to who I was before. That's how I feel right now. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that, um, like sometimes men or like husbands don't understand that, um, like when the kid leaves the house, like you're like I need to take care of something, like yeah, like like the what is it called, the nest. Yeah, that's why I feel like right now, I feel like I'm stuck, like, what should I do? Because for Andrea, like, I felt like she never left because even though she went to college, she was still home. Like, I have never experienced that as a mom. And with my second daughter, she was thinking of leaving far. And I'm like, okay, now I'm going to experience that. Is that going to be hard for me? Is that going to make me feel bad or what? But now it's, she's kind of like thinking the same school. So I'm like, okay, good. It's not going to make me feel bad in that way. But I don't want her to stop her dreams or whatever it is because she didn't get accepted in the school she wanted. But it's never too late later, you know? But now I feel like, okay, what should I do? Like, I do feel stuck. And I feel like 
I don't want to feel like those parents that it's actually like I will feel worse because I don't have no more kids, you know, but I still have more kids. But for those parents that feel emptiness or whatever that's called, I feel like I will go crazy for real because I'm like, okay, I don't have a job. I don't have a career. What should I do? You know, I don't want to. I'm like, I'm too young to be a grandma. Andrea, and I don't want to. Okay? So I'm like, no. And it's crazy. Like, no more. No, yeah. Like, no, I'm like, I'm ready to just what's next. Like, I'm still going through that process that it's hard. But learning from it. So, when you left for college, I lost my mind <laughs> because she did. She did move away. She was my firstborn, and I do have three more at home. And it's not like that they don't matter, and they're. Not, it's not busy, but you just your mind is like oh, she's gone. And and I do. I felt like. I couldn't breathe. I was breathing with one lung. I felt like my spirit was out there walking around, and and and, and I told her like I couldn't go to get boba anymore. I'd cry because it wasn't the same. Like not going with destiny. Yeah, it was like all the things we would do, and I was, you know, it was hard. Uh, I'd go shopping. I'd forgotten. I'd buy five, right? My four kids and me. I'd buy all the numbers, and they just kept crying and crying. And I was like, okay, wait, but this, you know. And so as a mom, you just have to come to a point where like it's her time to fly, you know? I wasn't fighting it, I was just grieving. You actually go through a grieving process of, you know, letting them go, letting your girls go and knowing that, and what, what helped me a lot was knowing that my mom, see, I actually could connect that my mom went through that because I went away to college. Exactly. I went away to another state and I went away, at, you know, right out of high school. And then I was like, and I called her, you know? Not all of us have the opportunity to call our mom. So if you have a mom and she's still alive and you find a moment in your life that you've connected and you feel like, oh man, now I can relate to what she went through, I called her and we cried together and she would tell me, yes, I went crazy because you were my only girl. She had three boys back home. Yes, and we were very close, my mom and I. She had me when she was 16. So we were very close and, you know, 16 going 17. And uh, we were best friends too. We were always doing things together. So when I left, that was hard for her. And I didn't realize that because like her, she was out there doing her thing, having fun, going out. And I'd be like, you know, but she helped me so much get through that. The one thing was that she responded to my messages. We che she checked in a lot. We video chatted, you know, my mom and I didn't have that back then. And I was far away. We both went to Utah for college. Yeah. But the one thing my mom did for me that I'm so grateful for, she wrote me letters. Like I have boxes that she wrote me letters for four years yeah that I was away at college so she would write me and I would call her but you know at our age we get kind of busy in college you're so excited and but um, she helped me through that so that was really good but as far as um, what do you do with yourself right it was um, I did decide to start working more hours you know and the pandemic really helped me to look inside myself and say you weren't doing what you, what your passion was. Yes. You were just working, right? Because um, I was working like part-time before she left. And I really wanted to stay home and not work full-time until she went off to college. I wanted to spend that time with her and savor those moments. She knows I was always like, she's leaving in six months. She's leaving in three months. <laughs> she's doing the cold countdown. Yeah. So then once um, she left and then I decided to start working and I decided, you know, I needed to really reflect and like I made a list and I was like, who are you, Marisol? Like, who are you really? Because as moms, we have these moments yes. that we go through. Like, my kids don't know who I am. They really, they just see me as a grouchy, yeah. me, put this away, that's not clean, do that. They don't know who we are, right? Get us out of that mom title setting, then we're fun. Like, we, you know, we, 
we have our passions. It's like, oh, whoa, what did you do before? What did you love to do? And who do you want your kids to know who you are? And then I realized, well, before being a mom, this is what I would do. I traveled, I cooked, I danced. I've been teaching dance for a long time, so I started going back to teaching dance lessons. Um, and I love, you know, health and nutrition. I love talking about essential oils. I've been using them for like 27 years, as long as I've been teaching dance. So I thought, well, maybe I should start selling them instead of just giving them away, you know? And so I started to slowly, and she's helped me too through that, telling me, well, you're good at this and you're good at that. Just do what you love. And I do believe in that. I do believe that when you do what you love, you're not really working because you would do it for free. You do it anyway. And so that makes me happier. And my kids are seeing that in me too. You know, because my younger ones are seeing that, okay, mom's doing stuff that she enjoys. Now, if you don't want to work, I mean, volunteering is great. Yes. Um, being part of women's groups, you know, in the community or um, at church, you know. Um, just using your talents. Again, going back to, like, what is it that you're good at, you know, and, and sharing that with that so that you can focus on you and take care of you because we don't. Yes. As moms, we don't As take we care say of we ourselves do, we, that often. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, <laughs> and so make time for us. <laughs> yes, and she would tell me, Mom, like comb your hair and do your makeup <laughs> in a nice way, you know. And again, <laughs> <Shave>, please, <laughs> you know. And I was like, Oh, yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> like take the time because they're never gonna give us a time kit. Do it for you. We are always going to fill that time with the kids. Yeah. So, you know, when she went off to college, she had that silence, right? The time to herself. She started to realize the things that she needed. And then she would come to me and tell me, Mom, you need to journal more. You need to read. Let's work on our personal all that whole year, right? Yeah, like I would read, like, I'm the book that you read out of her book. And then we'd go on, like, Facebook Messenger. And, like, what did you learn? Because you had more time to, like, connect with yourself. Yeah, you learn different stuff. There's different ways. Oh, nice. Yeah. During COVID, that's when we started reading. Yeah, she put me into reading. Yeah. Yeah. The Four Agreements. Read it. It's a great oh, book. Really book. Yeah. Okay, I recommend I that. And then I started like we started. I started being like, "Your mom, like, I bought you this book." And, and then we would start just reading. Like, my niece yeah. sent me some. Uh, oh, she Amazon them, and I was yeah. like, "Wow." That's and nice. I just kept reading, and I'm like, "Oh, I don't know. I like reading." And I'm like, "I love <laughs> it." That you like. Yeah, I found something. I got forced to like something that I know I like. So I was like, well, "Thank you, Andrea." Yeah. So it's cool. That is cool. Brings a lot of peacefulness. She does the lead off. Yeah, yeah. Yes, literally. You do. Yeah. So that's wrap for this episode on this Mother's Day edition with our beautiful moms. Remember, for this Mother's Day too, call your mom. Show gratitude to her. I'm Andrea, and I'm Destiny, and, and this is Empowering Your Power. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Bye.